I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 205 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss three areas of focus to invest in your show and how they differ from each other. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, friend of ours and former guest of the show, Bandrew, has a very, very large microphone shootout. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have a couple of very intriguing questions asked by our listeners in our Discord server. Lauren, go! Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. This is episode 205 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and that leaves, of course, Stargate Pioneer here as well. It's kind of funny that we had Lauren in the opening, as we do every week, because she's actually the focus of this week's How I Save My Podcast Story. Do you want me to just get right into it, Stephen? I absolutely do. As soon as I tell everybody, if you haven't checked out the show before, the How I Save My Podcast Story is a section of the show that we like to spend a little time on encouraging people to send us a story about something that went wrong with your show and how you fixed it. This is all so that we can help each other out. It's important that you and everybody else who podcasts recognizes that us as a community can help each other out. There's a lot of really good talent in the podcasting world and don't feel like you know it all and you can't turn to your neighbor to help you out and find a solution. And don't feel like when you're down and out, you are stuck and there's no solution. You might just have one. And that's what this How I Save My Podcast Story section is all about. Helping everybody help each other. Kind of, sort of. So actually, this How I Save My Podcast Story is from this week. Yes, just a couple of days ago, I was recording Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 305 with my three co-hosts, Lauren Haley and Michelle. And after the podcast was done, we exchanged files. What happens is the ladies upload them to a OneDrive location and I download them. I then process the files. I pre-process them so I can take out any noises, particularly noisy cats. And the cats themselves aren't noisy. There's very rarely a meow. It's usually that they're knocking over something in the background. So I like to pre-process so I can clearly see them in the waveform as I'm doing my multi-track video edit and take those sounds out. Well, I was downloading the files and I was pre-processing them. I did mine because I had them first. And then I did Michelle's, I did Haley's, everything was going fine as to plan. And by the way, pre-processing the tracks takes a little while because of the effects that I have on them. So it doesn't happen instantaneously. You're talking half an hour to an hour. It depends on how long the track is. Well, I finally get to Lauren's track. She's sometimes the last one to give it to me because of her internet connection speed. Sometimes it's Michelle. Anyway, it was her. So I start processing the file. I get it into movie studio 16 
And I try to pull the track down to her track in the template that I have. And it's zero seconds long. I'm like, this is no, this, this isn't true. It's zero seconds long. Yep. Zero seconds. long. And to take you into a little bit of the editing realm, when you're doing multi-track editing, it is exponentially harder the more people you have on to try to replace a track with tracks with everybody else on them. So I'm hoping really hard that I don't have to do that because there's four co-hosts. That would mean four times the work, basically, into an exponential logarithmic scale or something like that. It is a lot. Take my word for it. It's a lot harder. Anyway, so I'm really hoping to get this track processed zero seconds. So I'm like, I, I can see that this file, this FLAC file is 70 megabytes. So let's see if I can get anything out of it. So I go into Audacity, I load it up in Audacity, and it actually shows up. I'm like, yes. So I save it as a WAV file. I pull it in to Movie Studio. What I didn't find out, what I didn't look at when the file came in, is that we had recorded for about 75 minutes. Her file was 45 minutes long. I'm like, oh, crap, this is not good. So I got 45 minutes out of 75 minutes, which is better than nothing. But that's all I have, 45 minutes. And I decide, well, maybe I downloaded a bad copy. So go into the OneDrive location. I download the copy again. Same thing, same exact thing. So at this point in time, I'm like, okay. I text Lauren. And I said, um, I need you to look at your file again. She was gracious. She said it looks fine on my end. She reloaded it. She uploaded it again. I downloaded it. And guess what? It worked fine. So the lesson here, check your files as soon after you record as you can, because in some cases, you're not ever going to get that file back. Say, for instance, she was recording on Audacity and she had that file up. She had saved the file and then she turned her computer off. There'd be no way to get back to the original file. So it was to our benefit that I was able to get it right away. She did not power down her computer. She was did not exit the program either, was able to get it resave it, re-upload it. So that's one thing. Another thing is, say you have a co-host going out of town, Stephen, we've talked about this before, and they can't get back to their file. And so they have a problem uploading it. But I will say, Stephen, we fixed every single one of those instances. So I'm not at fault for any bad podcasts there. Anyway, the point is, Check your files as soon as you can after recording. Make sure they're all there. Even if they say a certain file size, assume that they're bad. Check them, make sure they're good, and then you can take your time editing. If you have a How I Save My Podcast story, please get in touch with us through any of the ways we would love to have an audio clip or a video clip so that we can play it. But you can always send us in by email as well or come over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Again, we really like doing this segment because we think it's a value to you as a podcaster so that you can hear some creative solutions and hopefully help inspire those creative juices when something goes wrong with you. Again, that's podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Let's go ahead and move on to the featured segment. Whether you are just starting out with your very first podcast, very first podcast episode, or you've been podcasting for years and have hundreds of episodes, 
there's always a battle for a podcaster to decide where to spend the limited amount of money available to help improve your show. So unless you found that magical tree that money grows on that my kids keep telling me about or that pot of gold at the end of that rainbow that my leprechaun friends keep telling me about, there's really never enough money for everything, let alone your podcast. And especially as a hobby podcaster, you have to be careful where you spend your money on your show. So as you consider how to spend money on your show, there are three areas in particular to consider. The first we're going to talk about is making your show better. The next is making your show easier for you to produce. And your third is growing your audience. Now, these are all relatively independent areas of your show that are unique in their own way, but with very different purposes. And although there is some correlation between the three of them, we think that these three are often best handled independently. And that's what we want to talk about today. How these three areas of focus are unique, how affecting one might not help either of the others, and how you might prioritize between the three of them when choosing where to focus your efforts on. Let's kick it off with the section all about making your show better. After all, this is called Better Podcasting, so it seems like a very logical place for us to start today. Making your show better can be thought of through a few different points of view. For example, this could be obtaining listenable audio quality, uh, you might want to get a mic check from a professional. You could invest in a database access for research purposes, for content for your show. You might take a class on how to produce better audio. You could become a better host by investing in yourself and taking a course or a seminar, maybe some improv courses or storytelling course so that you can speak better. You might construct a dedicated place to make your show. Now, this isn't one that we've really touched on for a while, but it is one worth considering for some people, depending on how you have your current arrangement for podcasting. Or you could possibly do the alternative, which is you could buy some time in a podcast studio. Maybe we should call it renting time in a podcast studio. You also want to publish your RSS through a reliable means in order to make sure that your show is constantly getting out there. That might take a little bit of investment depending on what your current setup is. Or you might buy Apple podcast reviews and ratings. This is something that we think you absolutely... No, no, wait, that, that's not one. What? Really? No, no, no. We just wanted to see if our listeners were paying attention. Oh, and make sure I pre-read the doc. Gotcha. Yes, okay. that's right. I'll note that for next time. Buying reviews and ratings never makes your show better. For better ideas on promoting and growing your show, stay tuned a little bit later. We'll have a little bit more on that later in the show. Now, while you might have already obtained some of these ways to make your show better, others in the examples we just gave you are things that you could always improve on, but their return on investment might be lower and lower as you progress further and further with making your show better. For example, let's take the first one we talked about, obtaining listenable audio quality. As you start improving your show or start your show, a key item would be a microphone such as the Samsung Q2U. Bam, your show should be listenable. But then you want to take it to the next level and you end up buying a DBX286 to reduce your voice sibilance. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay, it's a little bit more listenable and you remove an annoying S sound from your voice, but you can also do that in EQ, in post, or use a de-esser plugin. But then you want to get a 
10 inch speaker monitor set to help you edit. These sweet babies will help you hear the entire frequency spectrum when they're turned up. Are they really helping make your show more listenable? I mean, you, it was listenable already with the Samsung QTU. Also, with getting this lovely Electro Voice RE320 or the better version, the RE20, make your show more listenable than that Samsung Q2U. Well, maybe, but probably not. So you just spent $500 on that RE20 to replace your $60 microphone for what? I mean, is the quality that much better? This is going to be a question that you're going to have to answer yourself. I'll tell you, in most cases, the answer is no, but you're going to have to answer that for yourself. Uh, so that was a podcast gear example, which is pretty palatable to most podcasters because you have to have some gear to start podcasting in the first place, even if it's just your smartphone to start podcasting. But Stephen, let's take a look into a non-gear example. An audio production class. That's something we haven't really talked about on the show before. Maybe there's a local symposium that's going to offer a quick one day or one hour session to produce good podcast audio. That's something you might want to consider because maybe you've never had any formal audio production training. It's a class that you might consider taking and it could be worth the money so that you as a hobby podcaster could make those audio production skills better. This class will likely help you get listenable audio with minimal effort if it is a reasonable price and a whole other caveat that we'll just go ahead and leave right here. And hopefully in the long run, it will help repay itself tenfold in the coming weeks as you work on your hobby. But let's say there is a more advanced professional audio production course that you're considering taking. These courses can run anywhere from $2,000 up, depending on where you take them, who's offering them, and whether or not you have to travel to get to the course or the seminar. In all likelihood, you'll leave with incredible knowledge and you may even find some of the best audio production tips on the latest software at, that will work for your specific use case. These courses might even teach you some of the skills that you could potentially leverage later to help get a full-time job in the podcast production world. But, you're a hobby podcaster, and the question you should ask yourself is, will a course like this make your podcast remarkably better than just simply taking that half-day seminar that we talked about? Maybe, but probably not as a hobby podcaster. In any case, I think you see our point here. There comes a time for a hobby podcaster, and honestly, any podcaster really, where the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. And that's a decision that you have to make as you consider these different areas that we're talking about today. Now, will making your podcast better make your show easy, easier to produce or grow your audience? The other two areas that we wanted to focus on today. Well, to a point, but really making your show better only makes it easier to a limited point. For example, if your podcast isn't listenable, rarely will you be able to grow your podcast, especially with all the competition around you, with all the shows that are available. And if you're spending days or weeks making your terrible recording listenable, or if you vastly increase your hosting skills so you don't have to spend so much time editing out crutch words or whole rambling segments, then yes, making your podcast better will make your show easier to produce. But 
Sometimes making your podcast better just stands on its own and you have to make a decision on if you want to spend more money and more effort making your show better or investing in one of the other areas that we're going to discuss. Perhaps to spoil what we're going to talk about a little later, if you make your podcast better first, investing in the growth and ease of production is more meaningful later down the road. So moving on, let's go to the opposite ends of things, making your show easier to create. Now, this area is mostly independent of the others because it's all about you. And Stephen, you're all about you. So why don't you give the rest of this? Oh, thanks, SB. You're too kind. Yes. In this category, you're focusing on ways that make things better for you. Now, often these changes don't have a direct impact on the other two things we're going to talk about today because there really is this emphasis on making things better for you. For example, sometimes people spend a lot of time trying to tweak their audio every episode to try to make it sound great. They're spending lots of time in the editing bay trying to get it all done. However, if they were to invest in a little hardware, it could potentially reduce some of these steps and make it easier in post-production. At the end of the day, whether you're putting a ton of effort like the first option or you're investing in a little bit of hardware, the net result that the audience is hearing is pretty much the same, a good quality sound. However, when you were making it easier on yourself, so you're not having to do all that post-production work, you do give yourself a little more time to do other things, which could in turn allow you to make your show better. But again, like we said earlier in the previous point, to a certain point. Another example on how people make it easier on themselves is by utilizing templates when they're working on routine elements for their show production. For example, when you're creating notes for your RSS feed or for your files or for your website, you could use a template to make things a little bit faster. Or you could utilize some tools, maybe investing in some tools, to allow you to import some of this data from a previous episode. Why not do that rather than doubling up and typing things out every single time the same way? But again, at the end of all of this, your audience is seeing the same end result. Data and information posted to a variety of places. They're not seeing how much time you're doing putting all of this work into these areas or the opposite, how much time you're now saving. You can also make your show easier by producing it and dividing the work or outsourcing some of the work to somebody else. For example, if you happen to have co-hosts, perhaps somebody else can take the preparation and somebody else can take editing duties on. Well, while the efforts are still high as a collective, it becomes easier for everyone involved because you're not involved with doing all the elements of the production. You could also hire somebody to manage your social media or your promotion. There's a lot of people out there that do this sort of thing. You can also hire a podcast producer that could take a variety of different roles from simple raw editing to full-blown production and producer of your podcast. You can hire out things like episode show art production, show art creation, as Stephen alluded to before, and website management for your landing page for your show. Now, all these services can make your show much easier for you to produce, but might not do anything to either make the show better itself or ultimately grow your audience. 
Now, some of the other areas you can invest in to make your show easier to produce are backups. We talked about this before. Backup recordings, backup storage, backup websites, backup hardware, backup co-hosts, backup guests, backups to the backups. Well, you kind of get the idea there. We're big into backups here on Better Podcasts. We just haven't talked about it in a little while. You can also invest in better podcast production software. I can guarantee you that your audience doesn't care one iota what program you use to produce your show on. Whether it's freeware like Audacity or GarageBand, all the way to the expensive monthly premium services like Audition or Avid Pro Tools, all the audience cares about is the final product. You, however, care about the ease of editing and the capabilities that these services and softwares can do for you and what you need to get your podcast production done with. And by the way, right now, we should clarify when we said better podcast production software. No, we're not creating a line of production software called the better podcasting production software. No, that's not happening. So we'll move on into another area that you can invest in your show. Recording software. Are you jumping up into the world from that stereo track Skype recorder to a multi-track capability? Do you need that subscription to an online recording service like Squadcast or CleanFeed? Maybe you're recording a video companion show like we do here on Better Podcasting and you need a capability like XSplit or Wirecast. Again, your audience is not going to care what you use. As long as the final product is listenable, they're going to be okay with it. But you, on the other hand, are going to save hours or days of post-production by being able to take out your co-host's noisy cat knocking down everything in the room. Pike, Felicity, and Kitty Cat, looking at you three. Uh, that's the cats from my co-host on Legend CEO. Sorry, I'm just taking out a little aggravation there. That's okay. You're entitled. You're entitled. Okay. So you could also make it easier by investing in better podcast episode hosting. Do you have time to keep up your website? That is a consideration for me. Has your shared server cut off your bandwidth because you're using too much of it? We talked about that back in episode 65. Maybe the host you are on doesn't have the right Apple podcast tags or Google podcast indexing. That's important. So your show is findable. Getting a better podcast media host might actually be in the cards for you. There are also certain podcast hosts which are creating unique tools to help simplify the process. A lot more are doing that these days. Perhaps your current podcast host doesn't offer those tools and that another one does to make things easier. But again, your audience does not care that you use Podbean, but as long as they are getting the file served up to them without an outage, that's all they care about. Another way that you might invest in your podcast to make things easier for yourself is buying that brand new video gaming computer. There are a few things that a techie person craves more than a computer with state-of-the-art graphics card, maxed-out memory, and a fastest multi-core processor on the planet. These things can really help speed up your processing, speed up your editing process, and also make the render time of your file, you know what we're talking about, a lot faster. Not to mention there is the possibility of errors that happen while you're recording if your computer is too long in the tooth. If you end up investing in a better computer, this can help save you a bunch of time if you are having challenges with your existing computer, especially if you end up getting this brand new computer tricked out with that awesome LED lighting that has the glass panel on the side that has a picture of Stargate Pioneer 
etched into the side of it, waving his finger disapprovingly, saying, no, Steven, stop slacking. Get back to editing better podcasting, you bad, bad. Okay, wait, now I think I'm the one digressing. Yeah, that was your choice to get that case, by the way. That was not me. It was an add-on item. It was an Amazon add-on item. I mean, if you can do it, I guess, go ahead and do it. I keep telling you to have your brother special print something of Chris because you're really our co-host on Gonna Geek podcast. You you like the Chris physique. I mean, he just <laughs> got married, man. He was buff. <laughs> okay, but putting all that aside, the joking aside, if your old PC is working okay right now, do you really need to invest in that several thousand dollars to get yourself a new computer? Need? Probably not. Want? Yes. Maybe you will benefit a little bit. You have to decide based on the equipment that you have. Now, will making your show easier to produce end up making your show better or growing your show? Now, as we alluded to a couple of times, indirectly, maybe. Making your show easier to produce may give you more time to make your show better or help you grow your audience, but it's definitely not a sure thing especially if you're easily distracted and need a picture of your co-host etched in the side of your glass, reminding you to get back to work. As far as prioritization of these three items, it would make more sense to us to invest in making your show better first and then run a trade-off between making your show easier to produce and growing your audience. But if you simply find yourself without the time to podcast, efficiencies and faster processes would be something that I would want to look into to enable me to make my show better. The last category that we want to talk about today is growing your audience. Now, there's two of us that co-host a show, one named Stargate Pioneer, one named Steven. One of us has grown our show so large that we have a fan club and his name is Stargate Pioneer. So I'll turn this section over to the one with a, a specific, unique fan club to talk all about how you grow your audience to the level that you have your very own individual fan club. Go ahead, SP. Tell us all about how we get our own fan club. To the new listener to Better Podcasting, is this is your very first episode of Better Podcasting. I have to apologize for my co-host. He's making a joke. There is no such thing as the SP fan club. But there could be. <laughs> However, I will continue with this growing your audience. As we discussed this topic several times before on Better Podcasting. I'll just list a few episodes if you want to get more into depth, more in the details. First time we discussed it was Better Podcasting 32 when we were discussing distribution and promotion. Then we discussed it on Better Podcasting 56, planning part three, which we talked about the infrastructure and promotion planning processes. In episode 115, we discussed podcast promotion ideas in episode 156, we discussed promoting your podcast in person. And in episode 174, we discussed free podcast promotion. But in a short rundown of everything that we've discussed so far, there's several ways you can invest in promoting your show. There are social media campaigns. You can buy billboards. And believe it or not, some podcasts have bought billboards. Usually they're more corporate oriented, but it has happened before. You can buy convention booths with a convention that is associated with your topic of your show. You can actually ask to be on a convention panel. You can create signage. You can do giveaways. You can buy paid ads on other podcasts. And you can hire Steven at five. He's, now, he's announcing this today. 
at $500 per hour to stand shirtless on the side of the road with your podcast logo painted on his belly. Okay, why not? Why not? There you go. And that's $500 US dollars, not the Canadian stuff. Anyway, are any of these methods worth it? Well, that Facebook ad campaign or that Overcast sponsor ad might sound really appealing with that fresh $200 from your parents for your birthday or a holiday gift. But if you don't have a promoted show to begin with, you might want to invest first in making your show a little bit better so that you can actually promote it. However, if downright you can gain subscribers by promotion. This is true. Now, how much is this going to cost you? If you do it right, if you target where you're actually promoting, you can earn podcast subscribers somewhere in the $3 to $20 per new subscriber. Sometimes it might be more. I mean, if you don't have a promotable show and you're not actually promoting it to the correct niche, you might not ever get a subscriber. But usually if you're investing in this ad buy, then it's $3 to $20 I've heard back and forth. And you have to spend a minimum of a, a few hundred dollars, maybe even 500 to $1,000. So that's the return on investment you're going to get for a new subscriber. How much of a, is a subscriber worth to you? As a hobby podcaster, a subscriber is worth nothing to me other than the community I'm building. But if you happen to be doing a business podcast, this is an ROI that you should actually start to write out. Will promotions always work? As I alluded to, no, they won't. I mean, you could have the greatest targeted audience that you're doing the promotion to, and you might not get a single listener or subscriber. So it's not a sure thing. But with 750,000 other shows in Apple Podcasts as competition, this is a consideration any podcaster should start to have. How should I promote my show? Now, will growing my show make my podcast better or easier to produce steven maybe i mean you'll likely have more audience feedback which could help you tailor your show to be a little bit better but for the most part investing in growing your show should be ramped up in relation to how good your show is and how easy it is to produce so you can interact more off show with your audience Podcasting is all about that one-to-one -one relationship with your listener after all. In summary, when you're thinking about where to invest your time or your money into your show, keep in mind there are three areas that you might want to focus on. First one is making your show better. The second one is making your show easier to produce. And the third area is growing your audience. Now, focusing on one area, as we alluded to before, might not directly affect another. and when you're doing this, think about what the goal is for you to invest in any of the areas you are choosing, and if it makes sense to invest in that area over the other two. Perhaps something costs grossly more than another. Remember, you're on a hobbyist budget, so you have to consider costs as well. And don't forget to keep in mind that as a hobbyist, that you should be having fun. That's the key thing that we talk about here on Better Podcasting. If one of these areas helps you personally to have more fun with your show, then keep that in mind as you are deciding what you want to invest in first. And don't forget, when you make an improvement to your show, let us know here at Better Podcasting. We'd love to talk about it on a future show. Send us a video or audio clip. You can email us at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We'd love to play it on a future show. This is the Better Podcasting Download.
Oh, today's Better Podcasting download has been several years in the making. To kick it all off, I will go ahead and take a quote from a YouTube comment that we had over on the Gunna Geek Gear YouTube channel. A couple years back, I posted a video doing a big mic shootout of, I think it was six different microphones. And one of the first comments that we got over there was from a Pod coast age po pod post stamp post po no podcastage sorry uh, podcastage oh, there you go. yeah podcast. and it said dang y'all did the video I've been working towards for the last few months with these higher end dynamic mics I've been buying ha so podcastage alluded to a couple of years ago two years ago a video that was being worked on. That is the wonderful Bandrew who we've had on the show. And today we want to talk about the result of that. And we are so happy to talk about this because it is far, far better than I could ever do. It is a fantastic resource that I'm sure lots of people are going to love. And I am so happy to introduce SP to talk about this. <laughs> So on the 22nd of October, 2019, Bandrew Scott on his podcastage YouTube channel, which is a mic review and comparison YouTube channel, he published a video titled All Broadcast Dynamic Mic Comparison. It's part of his Versus series, 14 microphones, one video, and all the rankings can be found at podcastage.com slash rev slash broadcast dynamic. So there was 14 microphones in this shootout, and I'm just going to list them all in case you are wondering what the quality of microphone there was in here. And I believe Bandrew at one point in time said how much he spent getting all these microphones, which was basically thousands of dollars. So this is not something that your average person could do. It also is why it took him years to do the video because he had to actually assemble the video. He had to use the videos for or use the microphones for like a month or two months in some cases. And he really took his time reviewing all these microphones. So in order on the post, these are the 14 microphones that he actually reviewed. The Shure SM7B, the Electrovoice RE20, the Rode Procaster, the Electrovoice RE320, the MXL BCD1, the Golden Age D2, the Heil PR40, the Electrovoice RE27ND, the Neumann BCM705, the Aston Stealth, the Telefunken M82, the Art D7, the Rode PodMic, and the Audio Technica BP40. So a lot of the same microphones that we have kicking around here, except for the more expensive ones. So Bandrew, my hat is off to you on spending money to get them. Anyway, I wanted to run down my thoughts on this video. It's a really good video. You should really go ahead and listen to it or watch it if you are in the market for a microphone upgrade or maybe you're buying your first microphone and you just wanna understand what the differences of microphones are and how they might affect your sound or maybe you're singing, maybe you're using a musical instrument. He does a fantastic review for all those. And it's great to hear and see this review from somebody that has reviewed microphones for years. This is not a simple podcaster that has been using a few mics, like five mics or something like that. Bandrew has actually used all of these microphones and reviewed all these microphones. And in some cases, he's done versus series with several of these microphones already. So he's very familiar with these microphones. Bandrew actually, at the end of the video, 
in addition to reviewing the 14, he gave best lists, which is a great starting point, I would say, for anybody looking at a microphone. However, the one thing that I will differ with Bandrew, and it's not really differ, it's like just taking it to the next level, as I would if I was looking at this, I would encourage you to think of your own voice and what your own voice might sound like on these microphones based on their ability to reproduce sound. So Bandrew is just reviewing these on his own voice and the musical instruments, and he's never reviewed microphones using various different voices. So it's not like he brings in voice actors or um, actors or just anybody off the street using the microphone. This is all his voice in a contained environment, which you just have to consider. It's his voice. And Bandrew does review the microphones from the musical perspective that sets him apart from just about any other mic reviewer out there because most mic reviewers out there in podcast land will review microphones just from the vocal standpoint if you happen to be using the microphone for different things this is one to check out because if you're looking for a, a good microphone that's good for podcasting that's good for singing and, and replicating a musical instrument really this is a video that i would want to consider also, I want you to pay attention to microphones such as the ElectroVoice RE320, which I'm using right here, which was on almost every top five list Bandrew had of all his lists. I think it's a greatly undervalued microphone and, and Bandrew just didn't choose it as his number one for anyone. Is it built for everyone? No. For instance, Steven's voice sounds much better on another microphone. However, if you have a certain voice, the RE320 has a great bright sound to it and it helps voices like mine stand out. So, and it, it was almost on every top five list. There was a couple that was like six or so, but it was top five on every list. Just didn't make it to number one. I think it's a great microphone and a great value for the price. Finally, I want to say that Bander did name the Rode PodMic as the best podcast budget microphone in the list that he had of the 14 microphones yeah sure i mean 99 bucks for what you get it's great however in that same price i would actually recommend the se electronics v7 over the pod mic it's the same exact price i just think it's a little bit better microphone for what you get but those are just my thoughts i encourage you to make your own determination you know, look at the video. If you have a chance to use some of the microphones, go ahead and use them, like borrow them from somebody or go to a studio where they have them. I would definitely take your voice on those microphones and see what they sound like. If you don't have that capability and you can only buy one microphone, like I said, this is a great starting point, but try to get a little bit diversity. Find other people that are using the microphone and see what they sound like given their voice. And I want to end my initial thoughts. I know Stephen has his own thoughts, but I want to end my initial thoughts by saying thank you again to Bandrew by making such a good video. And it's available to everyone and it's free of charge on, on YouTube. It's not behind a paywall or anything. Bandrew is making this available to everyone. You are, are welcome on Better Podcasting anytime. He's previous guest. You're welcome back on anytime, Bandrew. I honestly don't have much more to add other than highlighting again that I think people should make their own decisions based off of what they hear and use this as a resource to really dissect a microphone and think about what you might be interested in exploring a little bit more. And then from there, you should go and look at some other shootouts and other things to try to find some voices that you think kind of match yours. 
Uh, every voice is different. We've said that a thousand times. I know Bandrew agrees. He's actually in our chat right now as we record this live. We record live on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at Geeks.Live. He's there. He's agreeing with what SP said about uh, your voice being different and whatnot. And I think that it's important that you do keep that in mind because there is a lot of people who have come over to the videos that he's done, the videos that we've done, other videos, shootout videos, and they disagree. They disagree with either what we've put out there or what other commenters have said. And the reason why is because everybody's looking for a different sound. Flip through your local radio station and you'll hear a different sound on that pop station. Then you will hear that classic rock station. There are different sounds because people have different preferences and podcasting is no different and there's different voices involved. So definitely use this as a resource. If you're going to go and look into your next microphone, I encourage you to start here. There's far more microphones here than there is on any of the shootouts we've done. Start on Bandrew's video and then explore from there. I really, really appreciate all the effort that Bandrew's put into this. He's a great guy. He's looked at this from some very unique perspectives. And I think that he deserves the success that I know that this video will be. I know this is going to be a massive success shared all over the interwebs, not just in the podcasting channels. And Bandrew, you deserve every single click and view. That's it for this as far as it goes. If you're interested in it and you check it out and you have something to say, of course, leave a comment on his. But if you want to say anything about it in terms of podcasting, please leave us a comment. We'll talk about it. We'll share it with Bandrew, too, because I talk to him on a regular basis. We're, we're besties. We, we talk. Not to mention every Friday, him and I meet for band Colin Drew. If you want to find out about that, you should listen to the back catalog. That's all I'm going to say about that. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. I love weeks like the one we just had. We have our Discord server. We've mentioned that. If you want to have some fun, geeky talk in between the episodes that we record this Better Podcasting or when you hear it released, come over to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. That will take you to the Gunna Geek Discord channel or server. And then we have a better podcasting channel within that. And we got a lot of fun and conversation happening like we have had this past week. Damien the DM said to me, Stephen, you are using Restream.io, right? For those of you not familiar, Restream.io is something that is essentially rebroadcasting video streams. If you do video shows like we do here on Better Podcasting, you can send your video out live to one place, which then sends it out to multiple other destinations. So I confirmed to Damien that I was using this and I use that for this show. I use that for the Guinea Geek show and Chris and SP on the Guinea Geek Network also use it as well. Well, the reason he was asking was because he wanted to know whether you could do more than one Twitch channel at the same time. So essentially, you send your video up to Restream. Restream would send it to two different Twitch channels. I ended up confirming that this could be done and you would have to do it on the first level of paid tier. When you do it on the first level of paid tier, not the free tier, you're able to add one extra destination. With the free tier, you're limited to only streaming it out to one 
account per location. So one Twitch channel, one YouTube channel, one Mixer channel, that sort of thing. Well, with the paid tier, the first paid tier, you can have one duplicate, so only one. And then as you go up in the tiers, you can have additional. What was the next thing we had, SP? We had a comment by Damien the DM. He said, is there a plugin, free or cheap, for Vegas that does the same kind of waveform thing, different is fine too, that audiograms do? Audiograms are nice for being automated, but I not only can handle the audio portion myself, but I have Vegas and would like the ability to do more custom backgrounds. So basically what Damien is asking for is some sort of plugin to Vegas Movie Studio that he can create an audiogram with. Now, Mark D came back with my lizard brain is like if such a plugin doesn't exist, you can play your final file with a visualizer and use OBS to record it. It's one X speed, but also zero dollars. There's a saying, if it ain't stupid, if it works. But that one still feels kind of stupid. And Zachary Webb came back and said, good idea. So another interesting question from Damien and another answer. And this one here, I liked it because we have heard so many people in the podcasting world talk all about the different audiogram places that you can find. But this is a very simple solution that Mark D came up with. Now, there's the caveat of the time, but maybe you're going to go watch a latest episode of something. So you just go ahead and hit play, hit record, walk away and come back and cross your fingers and hope that all works. So definitely uh, an interesting solution. And we encourage you, if you have questions like this, come over to our Discord server. That's betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We would love to have you over there. SP, that's going to go ahead and take us towards the end of the show. Before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody, we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of amazing geeky content on there. But there's one show in particular I want to highlight this week. And it is the show that you do with a fellow named Chris Farrell and a wonderful lady named Michelle Ely. It's called the Starling Tribune. Now, why do I want to highlight this in specific? Well, because the primary source of material for this show is all about the CW television show Arrow. And that show is on its last season. So if you want to go ahead and see how a podcast handles the end of their core source material, Go subscribe, listen, see how they're handling it right now. It's a great resource that you can use not only to enjoy, enjoy the content, but also that you can look at objectively and think, okay, this is something that I can learn from as well. So learn with SP, Michelle, and Chris as they figure out what's next for the Starling Tribune. We talked about it here on the show earlier this week. You know, we had two shows that were ending. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is ending, so that's uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., my show with the three ladies that I talked about earlier this episode. And then there's Starling Tribune with Chris and Michelle, as you alluded to, which was made back in 2013 to follow the CW show Arrow about the Green Arrow. Since then, the Arrowverse has been created. It's in its eighth season, Arrow is. They're having a huge crossover this December, so I'm pretty glad that we're still podcasting on the show. We get to podcast about this huge five-episode crossover one of the biggest crossovers in all of TV, and we get to podcast about it in December and January, and then shortly thereafter, Arrow ends. We haven't decided what we're going to do with the show yet. Stay tuned on that, but I will talk about it here on Better Podcasting, as well as we'll definitely let our audience know what's going on on 
Starling Tribune. It's an interesting time because there are a lot of other DC shows. There's currently five other DC shows other than Arrow. There's also a couple more in development right now on CW. And we just learned in the last couple of days that Green Lantern is also done by Greg Berlanti, who started all these shows over on the CW. He is doing the Green Lantern show over on HBO Max. So one, it might actually get me to pay for a subscription service, HBO Max. But two, the show that we're doing, Starling Tribune, could pivot to do that. Now, will we do that? I don't know. Stay tuned and we'll let you know what's going on. We've been doing it since 2013. It's a long time to run a show. So on that note, for episode 205 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying SP is my Green Lantern. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for coming by. If you have a question, come to our Discord, betterpodcasting.com Discord, and we'll see you next time. Bye. And you can send your SP Fan Club subscription to me. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.